The Koi Gig Pod. There's no way Arsenal would let her go. It's all kind of mind games going on, which is a lot of fun. Picked up more attention than any other actual transfer. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support. Top pocket goal! It's what dreams are made of. They are going to the World Cup Finals! Hello and welcome to the Koi Gig Podcast. I am Kathleen McNamee and I am joined by former Ireland internationals Karen Duggan and Emma Byrne. The WSL and myself included took a bit of a break last week, but you guys did a very good episode in my absence. Although there was a some comment made about me not being happy on the podcast. <laughs> and I was like, in fairness, after Arsenal's uh, results this weekend, you might not be far wrong. But uh, we are back on our regular programming schedule this week. Emma Carroll will be joining us later to give her team of the week. And then we will have analysis of all the weekend's WSL fixtures where there was some pretty big results uh, in the context of both the title race and the battle against relegation. But uh, glad to know that you guys got on okay in my absence. There wasn't too much of a, a, a just miss. about Just about held it together. Didn't kill each other. So we're glad you're back to mediate though this week. <laughs> yeah, we missed you. We missed you. I like that that's just become my role as just like a general mediator in the whole situation. It makes me feel like the, that law degree that I've not. Well, we got used to it. Yeah, we got used to the mediation process in 2017. And yeah. we just I, was, I was just going to say, you could we could have done with you a few years ago. Good yeah, we might have been kept in that <laughs> hotel room till what, two o'clock in the morning. But your luck, you're a lot more efficient, Kathleen. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Very kind. And how have you guys been enjoying your uh, bank holiday weekend out in the town? No. <laughs> Surprisingly fresh coming to you this Monday. So make the most of it while you can. It'll be rare. Yeah. No <laughs> bank holiday. How's yours been? <laughs> no bank holiday in Barcelona. So working away today. Yeah. But Still working. Classic you being very busy when the rest of us are enjoying our weekends. You're generally running around doing commentary or going to games and providing your expert analysis while we're just sitting back on the couch watching them. <laughs> yeah, well, there will be a day where I'll be able to send you a lot of picture of a cocktail and whatever else, pint of Guinness. That will be happening soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is quite a home. satisfying feeling. I understand why Karen always does it. <laughs> I'm just going to send you pictures of the sun like every day when I'm here and then picture the Colosseum in a couple of weeks. Don't worry, I will get you back. No, the pizza and pasta would send me over the edge now. Keep them to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that Rome news is very exciting for you, Emma. Are you excited to explore a new city? Uh, not really, to be honest. <laughs> we did all our traveling back in the day and I'm kind of a little bit tired of traveling. But um, I'm looking forward to, you know, something new, I guess. Trying, you know, I've been here before. I've been here like six times already since I retired from football. So I'm kind of used to it. I'm I'm a bit of a, a traveler. That the, the Littlest Hobo song just comes into my head every time I think about moving again. <laughs> But uh, this is base. Barcelona's base for me. So I'm extremely happy at the moment. But in two weeks time, I'll be getting a cruise, would you believe? And the drinks package that comes with the cruise? Of course, all inclusive. I'll probably end up in like Cyprus or something or or back in Ayanapa where we celebrated about oh, 10 gosh. years ago. <laughs> 
Cyprus Cup not remembered <laughs> for its football. I mean, <laughs> who, who puts us? There. Who puts us, Colleenies, in Ayanapa for a football tournament? I mean, big mistake, huge, huge. <laughs> I do enjoy the fact as well that the current Irish squad keep ending up in Marbella for their like training camps or for any of their games. I'm like, does Vera Powell just have a little penchant for a few cocktails in the sun? Bit of a boogie, enjoying herself. <laughs> we'll ask her next time she's on. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can already imagine the answer would just be like a steely gaze of uh why why are you asking me this? <laughs> um and I was uh, I know you've done commentary before, haven't you, for Syria for out of football and stuff? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I do it with Atta. They they cover all the leagues, so a bit of Bundesliga, Italian league, Spanish league, obviously, um, and the French league. So yeah, I kind of know. I know my my way around a little bit. So it was funny because my first game for the for the Italian league was actually Roma. So. I was like, they're brilliant, <laughs> technically brilliant. They do need a midfielder in there just to control seed. <laughs> <laughs> Agent Emma back out in force once again. <laughs> I would love if you just in all your commentary, like you were just constantly dropping hints as to like, a, oh, I think uh, this is what this team needs. Uh, but yeah. it came in there. It would be it'd be a great advantage for any players out there. If they need me to represent them, I'll like put your name in the mix wherever I'm commentating. Yeah, what no do you say? problem. 10%, 10%, 10% is that all? 20, 20%. 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%. Never undersell yourself. <laughs> oh, I think Emma is going to definitely not underselling herself. We all know how, how much she is worth. Um, Emma, as well, what have you thought about the George Vilda has come out again? not named the 15 players in the squad. Jenny Hermoso has returned. Ooh. Oh, this was a big one for me because I know they're not any, you know, they're not near to coming to an agreement. I do know they're talking at the moment. So that's a good thing. Um, I find it hard to defend the girls, to be honest, because I still don't really know what they want. <laughs> Even speaking, you know, we, I haven't got that answer yet. So it's hard, but I have to say there was a group of girls that decided to do it together. And I believe Jenny was one of those girls. So this for me was a big shock. That was a big shock for me. Um, I, I know if she was still at Barca, obviously it might be different, but still, I mean, it's all about unity and it's all about sticking together. And it doesn't really matter what happens from here on in. I do believe that some of those girls will come back to the national team, like the big players. I believe a lot of them won't. But even when they do, like, are they going to be okay with each other? Like the players that are there, a lot of stuff has happened. A lot of stuff has been said. You can see the rivalry already. It's it's like tripled. You know, when Real Madrid play Barca, you can see it's very, very feisty. Um, so even if they do come to an agreement, whatever it is they're looking for, uh, will the will the whole team be okay with each other? I I can't really see it happen. Let's say it's so much down the lines of club ties as well, and that rivalry was already becoming better and better with how much Real Madrid were kind of progressing and bringing the team on, and now you're adding all this into the mix. And if there are loyalties being thrown aside, it, it doesn't bode well especially going into the World Cup in a couple of months I mean the people in Spain's group will be they're the biggest winners here because we were dying to not get Spain let's be honest they were the one team I really didn't want us to get but now wouldn't mind them 
You wouldn't mind them. You mind them. They're all, they're all fighting at home. <laughs> um, no, but when you think about it, though, this is they've only got one more camp mm. left before the World Cup. So are they going to get to that point where they're going to go back? And if they do, are they going to get there before the next camp? I don't think so. So it means bringing those players in without having been to a camp. And that means Jorge Vilda has to drop players that have been loyal to him. And I think he's that kind of man that is kind of like saying, I'm going to be loyal to my players. And that was a big thing for him. Plus his comments, ridiculous comments in the media saying, we might, we, we're not going to bring the best players, but we'll bring the players that have something that have, you know, different qualities. No, if you want to win the World Cup, you bring your best players. And this for me is a reason as well where I think the Federation should have a look at the position there. He's saying he basically, he's going to bring players that aren't the best. So if they don't, you know, are they going to win the World Cup? Probably not with these players. Why do you not want to win the World Cup? It doesn't Especially really when it's sense. the talent that they have right now. Like, I, only for the injuries, I think they would possibly have gotten to the Euros final and won it. But the crop of players they have now are phenomenal. And for it to go to waste, just it seemed, it's just yeah. such a pity. And I think you're right. I think the Federation should have stepped in a long time ago on this. Yeah. But what I think is is the biggest pity of all is the players that have stuck together. I think what's going to happen is that the Alexia Puteas, Aitana Bonmadi, the, the Patrick Iharo, they'll go back. But the other 10 players that are, you know, not exceptional, yeah, they probably won't get called up. And if they do, it'll be a little bit like, you know, we're going to filter them out. They they did this. They created this problem. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Created this problem. <laughs> and eventually, you know, whether it's over the, the, the course of three, four or five, six months, they won't be called back. And I think that's a real shame for them. It definitely is. And it's a shame as well for anyone who wanted to watch those, that Spanish team and that generation of players play together because on paper, it's one of the most exciting teams out there at the moment. But as you guys say, it's no longer a team that you're actually afraid to go up against or one that you'd be dying to go watch because of the players that they're missing or the even just the positions Vilda plays them in a lot of the time. It's just very, I don't know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And the Koi Gig podcast on OGV Sport is sponsored by Cabri FC, official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland women's national team. Coming up next, we have our team of the week with Emma Carroll. Now we are back with Emma Carroll, who has a team of the week. And while there were quite a lot of games, at least we actually had games this week, or there wasn't any cancellations or rogue things happening, Emma, to make life even harder for you. How did you find the process of doing your team this weekend? Um, not too bad, to be honest. Well, I'm okay. <laughs> You're leaving yourself wide open for. I know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oops. Uh, yeah, a couple of kind of. Results that we weren't really really expecting, probably, which kind of no. had an impact on the team of the week from the usuals in there. So um, I'll start off in goal. I probably actually had a toss up of three goalkeepers, but um, I went with Courtney Brosnan. I don't know why. Um, nothing got to do with our, nothing got to do with why. Irish. Nothing got to do with Irish bias or anything there. Um, Jess Carter, Gabby George, Soko, and Mailing at the back in midfield three of Manham, Holland, and Angadal, and then up front Hemp, Shaw, and James. 
Okay. Mm. Mm. Okay. Emma, you're making, I don't know if it's a totally agreement face or if it's like a, I kind of agree, but also I'm going to attack one certain position. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I like the fact you put Brosnan in there because I was very happy to see her playing well. Um, however, (laughs) I was getting worried. (laughs) I was getting worried. She needed a performance like that. Yeah. Yeah, She seems to thrive off being on the bench, not getting minutes. Like, (laughs) put her on the bench, I say, and bring her on. No, she did really, really well. Like, she was quality. She's, you know, they're all talking about her. Everton are loving her. She's all over their feed. But I have to say, I would, I would have picked Mackenzie Arnold just because of how busy she was and the amount she did and the saves she made. Brosnan did very well, but I don't think she was as effective as um, Mackenzie Arnold. I would have put her in because I thought she was absolutely excellent. Yeah. Yeah, she was Uh, one of the three and so was the Leicester goalkeeper Leipzig. I thought she was really good and really positive for Leicester as well. Yeah, she was a goalkeeper as well. Looking at the the stats in that Leicester game, she was... They yeah. lost. Keep it to two. Yeah, that's why she didn't get in. They there. lost. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? They lost. Uh, I thought George was brilliant. I really, really. She's improving all the time. She looks so good. Suzuko, as you know, is one of my favorites. I love watching Suzuko. her play. She's she's quality. Um, I wouldn't have put Holland in there. I would have put Nagano, Nagano. for yeah. Liverpool. I thought she was. Excellent. She's a real player for them. She's going to make a big difference for them. I thought Bjorn um, for Everton as well in the back line. That was my next one, yeah. yeah. Bjorn I probably would have put in there maybe instead of Carter and pushed George out to the left and I would have put Bjorn in there. She was brilliant. I think um, Everton were, were quality. They, they're really improving as well. I think everybody's improving. Improved. Apart from our, our little friends, Reading, unfortunately. Reading, no. But um, Angled Out, really good to see her play. Again, a player that's been on the bench for way too long. She's she's a quality player. I think she'll probably keep her place in that City team. But who knows with City? They change all the time. Manum, for me, is going to be one of the best in the world very, very soon. Absolutely brilliant, and of course James, she's on a she's on another level. She in fact, when so easy for her. the only other person I possibly would have put in because it's important that she got on the team sheet was Chloe or on the score sheet was Chloe Kelly. Yeah. It's been kind of a wild coming that we've seen her kick into life for Man City, so possibly would have found a little spot for her. Yeah, yeah, her link up play with Angadal as well was really good. Yeah, lovely, lovely bits down the the right hand side as well, and Bunny. Bunny doing what Bunny does. Yeah. Bunny. Consistency. Absolutely. I love I thought, um, I thought Frank well. Kirby was really good as well when she came on. If she had a played a full game or started, then she probably would have made somewhere in the team as well because she looked so lively when she came on as well. Her touch and she could have scored a cracker and just, just hit the post. Yeah, I thought the whole midfield for Liverpool because it was kind of an area maybe had criticised before. They kind of leaving themselves open and losing the ball in um, dangerous areas. I thought they were pretty good. Coa Vista kind of right wing back. Um, Campbell's throw-ins as well. Throw-ins, yeah, back to that back second three. goal as well. Even a clean sheet for them is just huge. Mm-hmm. And do you think the increase in midfield because they've brought in someone like Nagano? Like she just came in two weeks ago, wasn't it? She's relatively new. 
She's just, so good. just not good in possession, you know, just not rushed and not panicked in possession, which was like, I don't know what you thought about them letting Furness go. Um, obviously, she wanted more game time. But again, she's someone who was good on the ball, but they obviously have seen something in Nagano that she'll fill that void. Yeah, I mean, I I really yeah, like Furness, but she just can't. She just can't get around the pitch the like she did before. Yeah. And they needed that kind of dynamic player in there. And I just think with Neg- she's got everything. She's quick. She's aggressive. Uh, she moves the ball really quickly and nicely for Liverpool. As I said, she keeps possession. And um, yeah, she's a little bit feisty as well, which um, I'm really looking forward to seeing Japan play actually in the World Cup because they've got a few mm. players that are coming into light. Uh, yeah, but Liverpool look good. They look good. I don't. I think they're they don't have to really worry about the relegation zone anymore, which is is a massive thing for them. Do you it's think anyone difference. does for Leicester? I think Reading. Mm-hmm. Reading. I think Reading are in really big trouble. Yeah, because like Leicester, Leicester are getting better as well. I know they've got a few points to to catch up on, but they are improving, and I reckon they might nick a few points here and there. Well, I definitely think they can beat Reading. They'll be aiming for that one, and yeah, like you say, just nick a few draws, and that that's all it really takes. That tight at the bottom. Yeah, yeah nice. I think they have two games in hand over Reading at the moment, and they are only five points behind, four or five points. So it's pretty pretty close. And then every other team above has played the same amount of games or else has a game in hand. So, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're four points behind and they've got two games in hand. And, yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough for them, but they need to be beating the, the Reddings and the Brightons around them, which which will be difficult for them. But, yeah, they've got Reading in April and they have... Well, they've got United, they've got Everton. It's a difficult, difficult run for them. But I still think they'll they'll nick a few points here and there. It is good that there is like a little bit of a competition to it because it did look like for a while that it was just totally obvious that last year was going down and, you know, no one else was going to get even close. Not that you want to see teams be like totally fighting it, but... Ah, you do. You do, yeah. <laughs> you a bit of competition down there. You want to keep it interesting. No yeah, you don't. You don't just want like one team getting one point for a season and then gone, and you know straight off that it's right off at the start of the season. No, yeah, but it is the first time that I, you know, in the league that I've seen a team be promoted, um, and look like they belong there. It's a very long time since I've seen that. Like Liverpool now look like a team that can stay and that can be competitive, and I think Leicester will be a very good team in a couple of weeks when all those new signings bond as well like for example if they went down they'd absolutely kill the 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 league below like and, yeah. and it's the first time in, in I think ever I've ever seen, said that so it's good mm-hmm. positive well Liverpool in particular I think have recruited really smartly like Matt Beard knows what he wants from players and knows what he wants from the team and I think that's one of the reasons why they have been so competitive and I think if they can survive this year just the name alone will attract talent. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think just surviving this year should be just the main aim and then see what they can do from there because it could be really exciting for them. Definitely. Well, Emma, thank you very much for another excellent Team of the Week. To say this weekend was defining for the title probably isn't um, 
underestimation by any shape or form. United held at Everton, Arsenal also dropping points, Chelsea not looking that impressive, but once again managing to get themselves off the tracks and get the points. Karen, you're shaking your head the minute I mentioned United, so we might as well start there and get your pain over with early. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was I was getting ahead of myself with United because they had the good result against Arsenal that time. And I was like, finally, they've broken it. But in the back of your head, you're always waiting for that slip up. Um, this was it. 25 shots and only getting four on target. Um I, there's not really much excuse for it. I, I mean, they should have converted a lot of the chances that they did. I, can you look at always oh, Russo's head turned or anything like that? But really, I don't know. I think it was just, they didn't play particularly poorly. I think Everton did quite well. Um, I think they were very resolute and had their tactics down to a T, um, but just really disappointing when you have almost 70% possession and you take that many shots. It shows that you're peppering the goal, which is not clinical enough. Um, similar problem to what Arsenal had this week, just lacked the cutting edge. Like I thought Ella Toon and stuff played really, really well, but um they just yeah, they just couldn't couldn't break it down. Obviously brilliant for Courtney, but I would have preferred if she'd pulled out that performance against someone else. <laughs> well well this is the, the, this is why I think Mackenzie Arnold should have been in there instead of Brosnan, because everything were excellent. I thought they were absolutely brilliant they were so well organized they defended really really good and then Brosnan was there for the couple of times that she needed to be there but West Ham were getting absolutely hammered like Arsenal they won't sleep for a week after that because they could have and should have scored about five six goals to be honest but Arnold was quality and she made some really quality saves like they just could not score and they tried they they had some really decent shots and chances, um, but with United, I mean that's the difference between them and a Chelsea. Because to be honest, I don't see much of a difference like no. between those two teams. I think United are as good, but they just they don't have those dirty wins, you know, in there in them. And you could see I'm watching the big players that you're expecting, like the likes of Galton, uh, Russo, um, even like players that have, have popped up and scored before, Haley Lad, they just didn't have that, you know, that knowledge of how to win, like when to shoot, when to pass. They were they were passing when they should be shooting and vice versa. It was like when, when those chances, say when Garcia missed that chance, it was always like it it played on them too much instead of just seeing it, okay, I'll get the next one. It was like, oh crap, that was our chance. I think yeah. if they didn't get that early lead, they do let the nerves creep in a little bit. Yeah, it just seems like they don't have that player to like calm things down. Like a Rachel Williams, for example, who should have came on a bit earlier, I thought. Um, who, who has that just that instinct on how to score a goal? And I have to give Rosalind credit for that. Um, Luthia Garcia miss. Yeah, because she, she, she came down, she, she closed it really, really well. So it was really difficult for Garcia to score. So that was um, kudos to the keeper. But in general, I just thought United, this is your chance, and they did it last year. They, I'm not sure they have that team that killer instinct this is our chance to go like top of the table this is our chance to really like be up there for Champions League places because if you look at it now and you know I'm te- I am text some of the United players like 
I don't mean to to put the heebie-jeebies in them, but I'm like, you're you're just you're ruining it. You're ruining it for yourselves. You have to like get Champions League. You do realize that City are literally like level with you now. Yes, you've or Man City. Man City are on twenty six points, and you, okay, they're on 20, 29 points. Okay, they're just three points behind them, but. This is who they need to compete against, realistically. Chelsea and Arsenal are going to be up there. They're going to go through whether, in what position, I don't know, but they're going to make Champions League. United are fighting against City. That's it. That's who they need to focus on. And dropping points is just giving City that confidence because if United won just mentally, mentally for City, I think they'd mess up somewhere along the line because United aren't messing up. But now they've dropped those points, it just pushes City on a little bit more. It's like this is the season that Man United have to do it because of player retention. I mean, yeah. bigger teams, like the traditionally bigger teams, are looking at these United players now and they're looking to take... 100%. I mean, lose the likes of Bashier, let's be realistic, and Russo potentially. So He will definitely go. Yeah, unless you have Champions League football you're not going to be able to replace players that are that influential in this team. Yeah, these girls are questioned now. Will they go? Will they say, if you make Champions League, will you stay? I don't know. I have to think about it. This is mm. this is what's happening. If they don't make Champions League, they're not even thinking about it. They're gone. So it's a massive, massive few games United have ahead of them. Just looking at the fixtures list here, and interestingly enough, second last game of the season, United City, Manchester Derby. Building yeah, up well, a very be, interesting end yeah. to the whole thing. Well, it was like United Chelsea last year. Chelsea going for the league. United going for the Champions League spot, and they didn't. They weren't able. They couldn't. A bit nervous about that. And yeah. when you say there about the killer instinct and United lacking it, do you think that comes from the players that are there and not having enough maybe experience in the side, or just someone who is that sort of? player that feeds off a killer instinct or does that come from management so like Mark Skinner down into the squad I mean a, a little bit about really Mark is set up as he as he has set up so it can't really be him it's you know when the players on the pitch have to to have a look at who they're playing and find that the weakness there and when you've got Leah Galton coming in and making it very, you know, compact in the middle is exactly what Everton want. They want to keep the players inside so they can easily pick them up. And, well, it can come from the manager as well. I'd be like asking Galton to stay wide. Blundell wasn't getting forward enough, so they didn't have that width. And it just meant it was easy for Everton just to stay compact and to to, to mark those players. And also, like, when you've got you know, Haley lad having shots and it's not on target and things like that when you have to score those opportunities. Um, it doesn't help either. So yes, you need those players with killer instinct. That's going to at least make the goalkeeper work. But for me, they needed more with, they needed to move the ball quicker. And then the decision making in the final third was, was poor. And that is nerves. That is that you know, they, it's on their mind that they need to score. So again, I probably would have bought, brought Rachel Williams on a little bit earlier, but I would have brought her on more central in this case. And I would have, you know, asked players to get forward and provide that width and get more balls in the box for her because she's excellent. She's excellent in the box. Hmm. And then another team who we've already mentioned, but definitely lacked the killer instinct was Arsenal, uh, a nil all draw, as you guys have already pointed out. It was 
it was such a frustrating watch. Like there were points where I just kind of wanted to get up and walk out of the room because I was like, I'd, this is just going to be like this for the whole game. It didn't feel like it was going to change at any stage for them. I thought Adable's comments after the game were a bit strange as well when he was asked, you know, do you need a score, like more scorers? And he was like very adamant that they didn't have a problem scoring goals. But then he was also like, we have failed to get a player on board for the exact, for the second yeah, transfer. It doesn't make sense. In a role. It doesn't make sense. He's, he, he's he been saying the last few weeks after the game, he, he looks nearly upset. Um, well, of course he was upset. He, he but, knew he messed up with Katie. Yeah. So, well, I was just going to say, who's going to start the Katie McCabe rant? Is it going to be me or you, Emma? <laughs> I was, that was actually one of the first questions I was going to ask. <laughs> he, knows, he knows he's messed up. He knew he messed up the minute he, the, the whistle went because he went straight up to Katie and I don't know what he said to her, but I was like, come on, like you're going up there to her to basically say, I don't know if he said, you, I should have started you. I don't think he said that, but he should be saying that. Have said that. Because it was absolutely crying out for her to play, not left back. I'm not talking about no. playing left back. I'm talking about playing instead of Hurtig. Yeah. Hurtig for me hasn't really shown that she, she deserves a spot in that first 11. Katie has. I mean, she's a, she's tidy. She's a good player, but when the chips are down and you need aggression and you need someone who can take the game by the scruff of the neck, I don't think she has that where Katie will put in a tackle, she'll do something to rally around them. And in the final third, I just thought they became... And she put in these balls that are absolutely on a plate. I guarantee you, if you asked any of the players... Black Stenius needs needs her fizzing those balls across, getting in those positions to do that. Yeah, if you ask them, if you ask them, if they didn't say they love playing with Katie McCabe, there's something wrong with them because she literally puts it on a plate. How many times did we see her deliver balls in there? And it's like this is, you know, you ask any manager in the league. Um, if you ro- look at Arsenal's team sheet and you see that Kate is on the bench, would you be happy? <laughs> Obviously, yes, you'd be happy. And I don't really understand why she's not starting. I said it after the Chelsea game. Well, she'll start every game from now on because it was obvious that they missed her and Emma Hayes was very happy she wasn't playing. So uh, I thought she, you know, she has to start from now on. I mean, I just, even if he wants to play Hurtig, put Leah Williamson back centre back and play her in the midfield three. Get her no. on the pitch. No. Get her on the pitch. <laughs> why, why does he have to play her? This is he doesn't. Like, and just, he, he obviously has taken a notion to do it, but fit <laughs> her in. Games now, huge. You can't afford to drop any points. You can't afford to have any passengers. You can't afford to play players because maybe, I don't know, you've promised them game time or or whatever. You have to play your best team. And before bad Christmas, management as well, if you've promised players time and you're yeah. putting them on it to make all the time okay. though. Like, it happens all the time. Players go to the manager to have that conversation. And some, in one way or another, they're promised, yes, you'll get more minutes and it happens. But at the end of the day, not, not with other, some managers, some managers will just say, well, no, you're not good enough to get in my first 11. And that's it. You should never promise game time. You earn your game time. No, it, it just, I mean, it's just crazy. Before Christmas, I would have said, I would have been adamant that 
nobody's going to beat Arsenal in the league. They're the best team in the league and they have a very good chance of winning Champions League. But that they have to play the best team. They have to play the best team. And he's not doing it. So are you saying straight swap for Hertig? Yeah, absolutely. Put Katie up there. It's a perfect position for her. Um, and also, you know, Weinreuter in the back, the, she was playing brilliant right back. I don't know why that was changed either. It's just mm. a bit, for me, a little bit baffling. I mean, you sound genuinely upset about this. <laughs> well, I don't understand. I mean, well, I suppose we give some credit to West Ham. They defended really well. I'm still baffled that really well. Evans is still on the bench. But anyway, that's a, another story. But um, yeah, I mean, Fisk, Sissoko, they're all very good. Yeah, I mean, they defended really well. They were well organised. But, but Arsenal still had nine shots on target. Exactly. They could have broken them down again. They could have done it. Just a little bit more care in the box. More more crosses into the box. And then winning those second balls. I mean, they should have won. They could have won. Just bring <laughs> let Katie play. They would have won. This is the Koigig official plea to Adeval to listen to us and let Katie play. Uh, Tottenham to Chelsea three kind of intriguing match. I was reading a piece from uh, Jonathan Liu in the Guardian and he was kind of putting the question to the audience of like, how does a team like Spurs look at this match? Do they look at it and think, you know, that was a defeat that we can be proud of? It's it's a game that you look at and be like, we left something on the table there. Does it show that Spurs are maybe slowly starting to get to a place where they can actually put a bit of a challenge up to top teams like Chelsea? And not not to put it up to Chelsea, but it's definitely an improvement on where they were pre-January signings. Um, I saw a better press from them, um, which is was a big feature of their game last year, not letting the opposition have as much time as they did. They still have little bits of it in their game, particularly for the, the first goal, the cross that came in. There was two players not closed down um, and Carter got a free header after eight minutes. You don't want to be conceding that early to Chelsea you want to try and frustrate them a bit longer James's goal while it was brilliant someone's got a hacker down surely there was literally no defence like, they, they have they probably have the ingredients they need to get the, the bite back into them a little bit um, I do but everyone just stood it off her I, like, the focal no point, up to her I do think having the focal point of England is helpful for them in attack um, and I saw glimpses that they are definitely improving the fact that they stayed in the game and they continue to attack in the 88 minute was positive signs. But Chelsea just know how to win games. Yeah. I mean, and they, they have, have they're they have more quality than than They Spurs. have more quality, don't they? They've they they've quality. match winners. They have match winners. Um but definitely improve improvements from from Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um again, I just don't understand why Neville isn't playing right back, why she's not back there she was she was going to be in the England squad if she continued doing what she was doing um, and the change from the manager has taken that away from her and I don't understand yeah. why and if I were her <laughs> you later in the summer I'd be like if you're not going to play me right back like I'm off like I want to play right back that's it but anyway uh, I think Iwabuchi is a big signing for them she's quality really yeah. good player again another Japanese player mm-hmm. um, he had a bit of feistiness about her to be fair he did yeah. open that. that but I feel like she definitely had a bit of frustration to get out after her situation at Arsenal and how she's too good she to be she's too good of a player to have yeah. been sitting on the bench for as long as she was 
Yeah. And I'd say like finally getting back back on the pitch and playing consistent football has given her a release that she hasn't had for a long time. It's like a caged animal being set free. Now she's quality. England's going to be quality for them. Likes to score against her old club as well. And uh, yeah, Chelsea won because they have match winners. They have the experience. And if that had been Lauren James against Chelsea going across the box, there's no way Millie Bright yeah. would have left her do that. And it just needed that experienced player to just step in. And maybe it's coming from the goalkeeper because I'm just thinking if I were in goal, I would have been screaming at my players. Sometimes you need that somebody just to say, go to the ball because they're so te- intent and in, in keeping their position at the back. You just need someone just to step out. Um, especially how it happened. Like she was always going to go herself. Like they didn't need to worry what's behind them. They didn't need always to going to go herself, always going to go left foot. Yeah. Find a way to put her on the other foot or take her down. Just take her down. Take, take her down her. earlier. Yeah. Take her out of the game, take her down. Um, but originally when, when Emma Hayes put Lauren James on the right, I was like, it's a bit of a waste having her out there. I would have had her central, like just, you know, in their control in that number 10 position. But she does it brilliant. She comes in brilliant. And I'm just wondering when other teams are going to cop onto that, like to stop her going in field. Um, it's kind of like, you know, when Robin played for Bayern Munich, like, you know what he's going to do, but he just does it anyway. I'm like, surely someone's going to be able to figure this out. But yeah, she's got the pace and power to... Very good. Very good. What did you make of Emma Hayes' comments after the game? It was not, I don't really remember other times where she's praised a player and said she did well, but then also kind of put it with like little asterisks of, well, she needs to work on what she does off the ball before I say that she's amazing because that needs improvement. That's so typical of, of Emma Hayes when she has a young player. Like she might not say that about Pernille Harder or someone like that, but when she has a young player that she believes can be the best, but she still has a lot of work to do, like getting fit and yes, her defensive duties, she will never say that they're player. great players, never, because she wants to push them a little bit more. And as well with Lauren James as well, she's definitely a player that needs a manager to keep her grounded, 100%. Mm. Mm. Well, considering all the hype that there has been around her, and I think Emma Hayes is probably one of the few that could actually control something like that. Uh, Leicester City nil, Man City two. First WSL goal for Chloe Kelly, which I actually couldn't quite comprehend when I read that. I was like, surely there's been one more this season, but it, it, like it is the first one. City now an unbeaten run of ten league games up there. Could there could have been a lot more apart from? Uh, Janina Leipzig, the Leicester goalkeeper, like they definitely were in control, but I mean... Yeah, I mean, I think think if Gareth Taylor can find his 11 that really work well together, I think they could... Second (laughs) half of the season, Emma. It's like two years later. I was just going to say, conversation. I mean, this is what you do in pre-season, right? And because they, they don't have a pre-season, a proper pre-season, it makes it very difficult. But anyway, it changes the whole time. It's impossible to, to be consistent when the team changes so much. Um, and even when they're winning, they still, they still change them. They still change them. I mean, Laura Coombs, for example, probably was their one, one of their most consistent players. She was scoring really important goals. Surprisingly, she was probably one of their like yeah. biggest players at the start of the season pulled them out of a few games where they were struggling. 
Yes, and she was getting her game over the likes of uh, Angledal, uh, Vicky Losada, all, all those players. When they're probably they're they're better quality, being quite honest. Yeah. Um, but she was scoring goals, so probably one of the only players that consistently played. And now Angledal's gone in there, who I really really like and really rate. You know, playing for Sweden, she's quality. Um, and I think she's going to stay. Well, <laughs> I would keep her in there. I don't have a clue what this guy's going <laughs> to do. Um, and of course, you know, Dana Castellanos, a really good player, but will she keep her her position? I don't know. Like because uh, I thought I mean, they were really, really good. They can be. They should be talking about winning the league. They should be talking about getting to the semi-finals, at least the Champions League. They should be talking about winning everything. Instead, they're talking about how they've been unbeaten. Even if they do, they're not really great at going on any sort of run in the Champions League. Like, I can't imagine that that's not on a lot of players' minds as well. Like, you're not getting consistent time. There's no consistent team. When you do get Champions League football, you're gone. You can't afford to make mistakes in Champions League. You can't afford to give the ball away in Champions League. And it's what they do. It comes too early. If Champions League started in April, they'd be laughing. <laughs> <laughs> they'd be Our absolutely buzzing. For a change. <laughs> uh, Liverpool 2, Reading nil. As we said at the top of the show, things are getting a bit more worrying for Reading at this stage. Four points from safety, but Leicester do have two games in hand and they do still have to play each other. Uh, always great to see a goal coming from a Megan Campbell free throw. Um, excellently done. More of that, please. And thank you for the World Cup. Uh, and like we said, Fuga Nagano seems like a really, really smart signing. Gives Liverpool the sort of control that they've possibly been missing for a while and seems to be linking up quite well with Sari Holland, who's been on quite a run of form the last while. Yeah, Reading's confidence is just in the bin really isn't it that was a game that they showed a very marked to turn things around um, and now they find themselves in a relegation scrap um, and they're very much in a scrap now uh, they are they are and because I mean in fairness in fairness to them they don't have any money Make those signings. So while they're struggling in December, and then they hear about all these signings from teams around them that they're they're fighting against, it must be very very difficult uh, for them. But I definitely think you know going into that game, the fact that uh, Liverpool had a few players injured, including yeah. our very own Nee Fahey yeah. um, and Van der Sanden, who's a massive player for them. I think going into the game, Reading might have thought they, you know, they should win, but they probably did think that. I'd definitely get something out of it. But I actually think that Nagano changed the game. I think she completely controlled the game and I think it was won in that midfield. I really do. Yeah, because they had, like Liverpool had that five at the back, so they made sure that they were solid. But at least with her, they could actually do something with the ball. You know, when they did win it back, um, which I think they've been lacking a little bit, they kind of win it back, but then they're straight back under pressure and maybe struggling in transition sometimes. So um, Liverpool will be hoping that she's kind of the the turning point for them. More of the same. They're doing good. They're in eighth position. They've played 11 games. Like That's West Ham above them have played two more. Every team pretty much above them have played one or two more games. So there definitely is a bit of space for them to creep into the top half of the table if they go on a bit of a run of form now that they have a player like Nagano. 
Uh, and finally, then we had Aston Villa won, Brighton won. One of those games where the football wasn't really the talking point at the end. It was refereeing decisions. Um, Carla Ward was very unhappy. She said it's every single manager, every single player and every fan that want the refereeing standards to go up. At what point do we realise the professional football careers as managers, their futures sometimes are in hands of those that aren't professional and that's not okay. So pretty strong words from her. She had a point to be annoyed. There was a lot of offside calls that were mistakenly given challenges going unpunished. It was like, is the referee watching the same match as the rest of us or are they just off having a cup of tea and not paying attention to what's on the pitch? Um, but also there is the other side that if we want the standards to improve, it's up to the FA and the WSL hierarchy to actually train people properly and give them these opportunities. Sadly, we are out of time for today's show, but we will be back next week with more analysis and action. And of course, all the great chit chat that we love, the sarcastic comments, the inviting, <laughs> all the good stuff. <laughs> uh, Emma and Karen, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. Chat next week. The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support.